Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspuller, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno, talking about personal brand for entrepreneurs with Brian Burke, who is a business owner, has branded himself as the Mac man and also a LinkedIn coach and a new father, as we can hear in the background. <laughs> <laughs> little crazy, little crazy in my house. Sorry about that, but no, yeah, that's the life good. of a Mac man. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Hey, welcome to Third Growth Option Podcast, Brian. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to drop some tidbits and knowledge on your listeners and hopefully help them on their entrepreneur and LinkedIn journey. Excellent. So I remember before I founded my own firm, you know, back 12 years ago in 2009, my personal brand used to be kind of like my resume, right? Like job title and name of employer. Like, hey, we're, you know, who, who is Benno? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a buyer at such and such company or I'm a president and blah, blah, blah. And then when I became an entrepreneur, that totally changed, right? Now I, I introduced myself as a, as a growth Sherpa, now third growth option podcast host. And so I think personal branding, it, it's really important because it, it helps others to help us and it helps us to find clients. And so, something you said there, I really latched on to the growth Sherpa. That's a great headline. It's uh, both eye-catching and also very unique. And that's something that really goes a long way with personal branding. If you have the same title as everyone else, if you're managing director, you know, frankly, no one cares. And it doesn't mean you haven't achieved a lot and you don't have a great job, but no one wants to know you by that. And everyone that everyone else has that title too. So you have to make a unique name. So I'm glad you did that. All right. I did one thing right. Yay. <laughs> Success. <laughs> hey, just to kind of give an introduction to the listener, you know, who's Brian, the Mac man, just give us a sort of a quick sketch about, you know, what is Sell Your Mac, a company you started back in 2006, how big? So 2006, I graduated college and I was basically buying and selling tons of different technology at that point. And my parents were still telling me to get a job, but I knew I could make this a real business. At the time, it was a lot of selling on eBay. And a few years later in 2009, I kind of transitioned to needing a website to buy and sell my product. So we launched sellermac.com. And that's been a huge inbound sales channel for us. You know, if you search on Google for anything Mac related, like sell my Mac or where to sell my Mac, we should be number one in the world. And that's driven a ton of traffic our way. And we basically built our business organically using Google. And that's been a lot, that's allowed us to kind of bootstrap things. You know, I'm still hundred percent owner with no outside investors. So it's been a fun ride on that side and been, uh, you know, growing it year over year. We got a team of 20 plus people right now. And, you know, we're trying to help every single person get the latest Apple gear, but it's so expensive. So we want everyone to you know get some cash back for their old items. And typically everyone has these clogged up in their drawers and closets. So hopefully we can encourage some people to get them out today. Great. And I remember seeing on your LinkedIn profile, you say something like, I've bought over $40 million worth of Apple equipment. You're about to hit our 45th million dollar of Apple products we've bought. So yeah, just a nice proof source to the, the customers so they know we're a real business and not just, uh, not just working on Craigslist. Do you 
started fairly recently, I think, or as a, a LinkedIn master coach, master class. Tell us a little bit about that. What do you what do you teach there? What's that about? Yeah, it's been really recent. Actually, as of June, I became a certified Vistage speaker. And I know you're a Vistage member as well. And, you know, one of the awesome things about Vistage is there's amazing speakers that come in every month and teach us things in like a workshop style format that are, you know, really helping us move along with business. And I have had a knack for LinkedIn over the last couple of years, and I wanted to help more people accelerate their LinkedIn journey by helping them you know, brand themselves, help them learn how to make content, how to sell on LinkedIn. And, you know, I decided I would launch this Vistage speaking course to help people do that. So I'm basically going around and speaking to different executive groups and also speaking to other companies directly as well. And that's led to some LinkedIn personal coaching where I'm meeting with people weekly to help them with their content and strategy. So it's been a been a fun ride helping people, you know, learn and grow on LinkedIn. And even though it's only been a few months, I'm already seeing some good success for some of my clients. And, uh, you know, personally just been growing incredibly on LinkedIn lately, and it's been leading to a lot of business activity, which is always exciting. This last week in particular, I had, uh, two like mega posts, uh, one hit 13,000 likes wow. the other day. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> this took off. Tell me about that post. What made people react to it? So LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a social network first and foremost. You know, if you are trying to sell hard on LinkedIn, you know, people really gravitate away. So keeping in mind the things that people really enjoy seeing, a lot of things that are uplifting tend to do really well on LinkedIn. So things revolving around kindness and inspiration, for example. And this particular post was a soccer star in Africa helping this little girl spin a ball on a stick and she got so excited and her smile is like lighting up the entire village around her. And it was just a very inspirational post that people kind of latched onto and the, the video went viral. Awesome. I got to check that out. So let's talk a little bit about content and SEO and, you know, so personal branding, you know, how, how do you do it? And I don't think it's possible to have a strong personal brand unless you really thought about who you are, how you want to show up. And for me, for me personally, it's also about, you know, kind of just having fun being myself. Yes, authenticity is key. Right? And over the years, I've struggled with that because I'm like, well, I just want to do what I want to do. But then, well, maybe I should listen to others. So I, I think it is important to take other people's advice and I'm looking forward to getting advice from you. But in the <laughs> end, you. you really have to be yourself, don't you? You do have to be yourself, but certainly tailoring it in a way that's going to make people gravitate towards you is the way to go. You know, for me, you know, talking about thinking it out far in advance, it's been a couple of years now that I've been wearing this blue suit and I realized that people were really remembering me by it. And if I show up every day in that blue suit, you know, people are going to continue to remember me and I'm going to stand out from the crowd. So if I'm, you know, doing a, a video, for example, I'm pretty much always wearing my blue suit and blue bow tie. But other than that, it's also, you know, the branding and the headline is the best way to really represent yourself that people are going to constantly see whether you're posting content or commenting. And so using the headline space to really drive people to see your uniqueness and brand are key. 
And that's why I've used, you know, my headline says I bought $44 million of Apple products. Can I buy your device? And that leads people to have some intrigue and click on it and learn more about what I actually do. And then, you know, kind of down the funnel that they're going to sell me their product later when they have an opportunity. And, you know, you can use the headline to do the branding. You can brand yourself in your about section. There's so many different ways you can do it and not enough people are taking, uh, taking use of those spaces. And, you know, also with your profile picture that shows up everywhere. And most people have not taken a, a profile picture that has a lot of branded look and feel to it. So I highly recommend doing like branded background, you know, pick a color that really, you know, that resonates with you that you can show up in and start using that on your profile picture and all your content. And people remember you for that. I love the the little five minute coaching session you gave me a month ago or whenever it was. You know, you, you you looked at my profile and you're like, I mean, basically some of the things you just mentioned, <laughs> right? About, give, me, give me some tough love. That's right. You gave me some tough love. And I wrote those things down when you told them to me. And Did you do anything, Benno? I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I haven't done it yet because, you know, honestly, look, for for me, you know, my personal branding is about being a growth Sherpa, helping manufacturers and distributors, and this is in my day job, right, when I don't do podcasting, helping them break through revenue ceilings. And then the, as a podcast host, you know, I'm, I'm just having fun connecting with people. You and I met through Vistage, but then ended up having a bunch more conversations because we're like, you know, maybe we should do a podcast together. I right, so I have a great idea for you in terms of branded content. You could take this Sherpa idea and post some really cool sheep videos and the people would watch the video and you would just tell them in the content, the copy that, you know, that you are the growth Sherpa and this is how you help companies. So what kind of video should I do? A sheep video of a Sherpa herd sheep, right? Did I get that right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they might. They, I mean, I think of a Sherpa as the guys that walk you up, that are trail guides that lead you up to Mount Everest. Oh, that's right. I don't know why. I, I, mi- <laughs> I might have missed it up a little bit. All right. So, so you need to do a really cool mountain climbing video and then you there you the same go. idea. There you go. All right. Perfect. But the idea is post content that people actually want to engage with you know, if you just try to sell yourself, people don't care and they're going to move on. You're not going to get any likes and comments. But if you've had a really cool rock climbing Sherpa video, people would watch it and then they'd start reading your copy. So you you mentioned your blue suit earlier. I can't believe no one can see me in my blue right now. <laughs> I, well, you know, the, the, when, when we spotlight this episode, there'll be a picture of Brian in his blue suit. And I'm sure some people listening to this episode, we'll we'll look up Brian Burke on on LinkedIn, and they'll they'll see you in all your glory there. But what made you pick a suit versus some other outfit, a bow tie versus you know not, and that particular blue? I mean, did you spend a lot of time thinking about those? You know, that particular combination. Not that particular. I love blue. And I was actually at a EO breakfast and a gentleman named Tim Reddig that runs a company in town, Info, uh, InfoTrust IT, he wears this orange suit. So he kind of branded himself as the orange guy and he knew I was really into branding and he basically recommended that I check out this blue suit and I ordered one right after that and wore it to my first conference shortly thereafter 
And it, it really took off the amount of feedback I got from the suit and people were just coming up to me and starting conversations. And I basically realized it was a conversation starter in a personal branding piece. So that was the kind of took off from there. And that suit originally came with a tie, but ties are definitely not my thing. I've never had a job that required a tie and I hope I never do, but I do like bow ties. And Steve Jobs also was famous for wearing bow ties in a bunch of his uh, pictures and trade shows. Before he went to turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Pre-turtleneck. So I decided to rock the bow tie. And uh, yeah, I got a nice bright blue bow tie. And I got really bright blue shoes made by Noble that sells CrossFit equipment and shoes. But I don't do any of that. So yeah, I just decided to go full blue outfit and it really stands out. It's bright neon. It's very recognizable. And I love wearing blue, so it makes me happy. And there you go. It makes you happy. And 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 I think I think the point for 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 all for everybody is you gotta pick what makes you comfortable too, right? Because you can't sort of put on a different skin. You can't fake it. If you're not smiling in your in your branded outfit, it's not going to work. <laughs> Got to feel good. Exactly. And I think, you know, the combination of be yourself, find whatever makes you you and then own it and be be consistent. Like you're like owning it is awesome, but if you only own it one of the 10 times, it's not going to work. So, you have to continue to show up. If I go to a conference now, people expect to see me in that blue suit cuz they remember it. <laughs> right. So, Let's talk about SEO, search engine optimization, a little bit. And, you know, I personally took a really sort of simple, maybe overly simple, focused approach on SEO because of what I do. Nobody's going to Google growth Sherpa, right? Or because they don't know that that exists. Right. Exactly. So instead of trying to have like 10 or 30 sort of keywords that point to the Realign website or this podcast, I just focused on third growth option. So hopefully somebody is looking, you know, growth will be one of the keywords. What term did you say you went for third growth option? Third growth option. Can you explain that a little bit? Ah, yes, of course. So people, you know, business owners or business executives think about growth as a binary choice between organic growth or acquisition. So organic growth, you grow the company, you know, with with who you got and what you got. And acquisition, you go with M&A, mergers and acquisition folks that help you buy access to markets and capabilities and employees and all of that stuff. And what we do is it's a third option. It is faster than internal organic growth and it is much less risky than acquisitions. You know, acquisitions are very, you know, very expensive and if the integration goes south, you're kind of hosed. So I use, you know, a third growth option as a way, you know, it, it's a term we use at Realign. See, I've never heard that term. I'm wondering if there's any other industry term that people might be searching for more. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Like I, I, I might, I might search for a growth coach. I mean, I know, I know I wouldn't type the Sherpa word in. So I think there's maybe something around growth mindset. Or something like that, perhaps, if someone's looking for a growth mindset coach or just business growth coach. But I guess I would tell you to add some more words in there that aren't your you know, personal words. Because I think that it's a term that your customers are going to know and your clients, but not everyone else on Google. Which then leads you back to, you know, there's 20 words or 100 words you 
that people might look for me under, right? Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of strategy to do that. You could have some long tail keywords. Talk us through that because you know more about this. Sure, you can you can use some phrases that are going to be like almost like an exact match. Looking for a growth coach for my X type of business that you would want to help out with. And then you also could do some more general things, but also do some negative keywords. You know, if you just did growth, for instance, there'd be way too many things that popped up. So you'd have to add a lot of negative keywords to everything you don't want to show up for. You'd be getting clicks that wouldn't be potential customers. So it's really this balance of going wide and then subtracting out the words that aren't going to help you and then going really narrow with the long tail words that there's going to be very low search volume, but it could be your exact right target customer. And how much time and money do you spend on that process? We spend a lot. (laughs) SEO literally has built our business and it continues to help us out every month. So I have a really large SEO spend and that includes the outsource team I work with. And I'm happy to connect anyone if, if they want to learn more about that. And basically, you know, they're creating content, they're analyzing all the keywords and what's happening. We're running AdWords campaigns and constantly adjusting those. And so it's really a, a culmination of, of all these different things that work well together. And I'd say the number one thing for good SEO is having really good content. If you know, if you put all the tags right on your page. That is the like what you have to do just to get started as a baseline. But after that, if you don't have the content, you know, Google's not going to rank your site highly and no one's going to be finding it. So for us, we've created what we call our uh, Mac guides, which basically include every single Mac and Apple product made in the last you know, 12 years or so. And each one has its own dedicated page and there's a lot of content in there. And that drives a ton of search volume and a ton of credibility to Google that ultimately helps get us to the top of the page. And, and when you say content, you're, you're, you're talking about writing posts, you're talking about a podcast, right? Yeah, those are all great pieces of content. So yeah, if you, if you spliced up this you know, podcast and then you know, put, all, put all the text copy on, each, you know, on a fresh page every time, you, Google's going to you know, be scanning that and that's going to add more credibility to your site. But really focusing the content on exactly what you want people to be searching for. So blogs are a great strategy in general, and I and I do those. But you also want to create really specific SEO type landing pages. And by that, I mean you're writing this page just to be found on Google. It might not sound as great in terms of your writing style for a blog, but it's that's not that's not the goal. You really just want Google to send people right to that page and then have the call to action on there that you need on the website to, you know, close the deal or take someone to the next stage of your process. I love that you're challenging my thinking here. <laughs> no, I do. I do sure. Be- because look, I I have I mean a year and a half ago I started this podcast and I said, you know what? Let me just be very focused on what kind of podcast content I want to create, what kind of podcast guests. So this is by business leaders, for business leaders. We talk about growth stories, growth approaches. And the response I've gotten to the podcast has been very good, right? I mean, we have, you know, it's not Joe Rogan territory, but I, it is, <laughs> It is. you know, we've got 5,000 listeners in 38 countries and it's growing That's every awesome. week. And I'm doing a lousy job with all the things you're describing. <laughs> 
You need a back. You need a back end team. But, 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 no, I I do I do because I I do think it is sort of a a cart and a horse thing. You have so much content built up now. I mean, you could unleash someone to go build out all these individual pages. Exactly, and and I think creating the content and being authentic in that creating you know valuable content, I think, is a very different skill set from sort of amplifying that correctly through SEO and social media. I absolutely agree. And you would you would not find our SEO pages to be as authentic as, you know, something else we'd put out there. And that, you know, Google doesn't look for authenticity and personal branding. They look for keywords. <laughs> right, right, right. It so it it it's two different things, right? Creating who you want to be, how you want to show up and then showing up, that's one thing. And then putting gas in the car is what the SEO is. Exactly. Light it on fire, man. Light it on fire, man. Right, right. So I, I, I think I do need to talk to you af- after this session about lighting it on fire. Whoever's listening, just make more, make more content. Write it smart with a lot of your keywords, and that's going to help Google find it. But also, I mean, if you're not using an SEO team, the way the pages are written is it's going to be really hard to nail down the exact right tags and everything else unless you've done a lot of research on how to do SEO content. Any pet peeves that you know people get wrong all the time that you want to say, ah, don't do that? Just wrong tags. You know, if you're the way your website's laid out and your headline in your website might not be anything that you want in terms of you know search search terms. And so you have to kind of go into the code and tell Google exactly what you want them to read as your headlines. And that's something that a lot of people get wrong. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the top of the funnel that you need to fix first. I'm sure I'm doing that wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all hidden. You, you, don't, you don't see it unless you're the website designers. Unless you're getting into that, that code level, you're, you're not going to be you know, playing in that. I think a lot of people too just aren't adding enough keywords. So you need to actually write more on each page. And then I, I have a final question for you. Just sort of thinking back the last, you know, 18, 20 months of, you know, since March 2020, COVID started. How has it changed your business or your life? And 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 what advice do you have for other business, you know, entrepreneurs, owners, executive, you know, lessons to take into the next 12 months? The biggest thing for me is I've just been so stuck at home with my family and it's been great for the most part. I've had a ton more time with my little kids and been able to watch them kind of kind of grow and learn different things. So the biggest takeaway for me is just spending more quality time with my family, trying to put my devices away so I can be fully present. And it's been uh, just amazing having that extra time with them. So I'm definitely going to be spending more time in the future than I had maybe planned otherwise. And so trying to find that right balance with work. And, you know, fortunately, I'm able to work from home and I can, you know, work after they go to bed or before they wake up and stuff like that. So trying to focus on the family as much as I can while we're here. And uh, also cooking a ton of meals. Don't go out to very many restaurants anymore. So I, I'm, I love cooking, but now it's like every single day. So that's always fun too. I love making uh, fun, uh, fun foodie meals at home. Awesome. Uh, when are you having me over? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right before this call, I was shopping for food. Frankly, that was why I was a couple minutes late. I was running home from the store in my errands. 
<laughs> good deal, good deal. For me, it's been, I mean, our, our business actually grew quite a bit in the last year since COVID because, you know, we've always worked with a lot of, you know, with with clients in in others, you know, in, in various states around the United States, also clients in, you know, in, in Spain and in, in Hong Kong and Vietnam and uh, China, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, before COVID, whenever I would talk to a prospective client more than, you know, let's say 50 miles outside of Cincinnati, they would go, well, you know, how, how is that going to work? I mean, you're not going to drive 50, you know, 100 miles every time to see us. And I'm like, don't worry about it. We've got this covered. You know, we're working, you know, with clients around the world and we don't drive to see them every day. Right. You don't need to. Zoom's been around for a long time, actually. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But now, you know, in the last year, I keep saying human perception of place has changed with COVID. I assume virtual now if you try to plan a meeting with me. You're assuming it, right? Yeah, it's easier. You don't have to waste time driving back and forth. Exactly. And, you know, people couldn't care less whether I'm in the Cincinnati office or the Mexico City office or, or somewhere, you know, in between or on the road. We're, we're in different countries right now. We're in different countries right now. Exactly. Exactly. This week, next week, we won't. We'll be in the same. We'll be in the same town. But another thing I'll add that has been a big difference since COVID is that I've really been focused a lot on LinkedIn. And while I was on there before and you know active every week, I was not you know posting every single day and thinking that this is really going to be a massive opportunity going forward. And now it's like my only way to network. So I'm not traveling and going to all these conferences and stuff like that. So I think that there's been a huge migration on the LinkedIn and a lot more activity there. So the opportunity for LinkedIn in the future is going to be forever changed because of this. I agree. Brian, I learned a lot in this episode. So I want to thank you for jumping on this podcast with me. I appreciate it. It's been fun chatting. And I hope some of these people come connect with me on LinkedIn. What is the best way for them to reach out to you? Is it over LinkedIn or an email address or... I'd say LinkedIn is probably the best. If you just go to LinkedIn.com and then you do slash slash IN slash Brian the Mac Man, you'll you'll find me there. And uh, if you search anything, hashtag Brian the Mac Man, you should find me all, all over the web. Awesome. Excellent. I learned a lot today. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. I look forward to connecting with you next time you're in Cincy. Cheers to all your listeners. You got it. Thank you. Hey, if uh, folks wanted to explore other growth topics, you can find me on our website, realignforresults.com, or just email Benno, B-E-N-N-O, at realignforresults.com. Thanks for listening, and keep growing. You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.